It's a privilege to be your preacher today. I became acquainted with you in 1973 when we came to class of Central California to serve in Hayward. And uh, some of you I met in 1973 at high camp, yes. And uh, then I met a fellow Chicagoan, a Calvin Seminary colleague of mine, Homer Wigvaldi. And every once in a while we would compare notes. And then some years later you met another pastor, Pastor Case Admiral, and he had married one of our Chicago girls. And again, a connection, and we sort of kept touch with each other. And in 89, we left Hayward, and uh, since that time, some Hayward folks have come over here to the valley, and I think uh, most of them have come to Emmanuel Church. So you are a blessed church. You are a blessed church. I've watched you. I'd like to ponder with you today a little bit that whole concept of blessings. Blessings. When I do premarital counseling, I'll often ask the young lady, young man, who blessed you when you were a child? Who affirmed you? Who believed in you? An uncle, an aunt, a neighbor, a teacher, a pastor, a youth leader? That's all I'm going to ask you. Kids to here today. Who, who do you know who thinks you're special? Who, in a sense, you know, looks you up? Who, who, ha- who is blessing you and who has blessed you? Blessings took on a whole new meaning for me when Ruth and I took a trip to Israel. And at lunch, the tour leader said, we were up north by the Sea of Galilee, uh, we're going to go to the, the plane of the Sermon on the Mount after lunch. So we piled in the, the bus and up the road and made a left-hand turn, and then it became gravel, and he had to shift into lower and lower gears, and finally we got to a flat place to park the bus, and then he showed us the path, and we walked further up. And then there it was. We put our hands over our eyes, and to the south was this egg-shaped, beautiful lake, 20 miles long, glorious, the Sea of Galilee. And our tour leaders began to read. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up to a mountainside and sat down. His disciples then came to him, and he asked them to come up close so he could really hear it. And he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because they are the ones that are going to be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they, and they only, will obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, and they are going to get to see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And our tour leader said, at that point, Jesus probably pointed to the left in your folks. He said, you see that little hill over there? That's Gamla. We all know that it's Mount Gamla. That's where the zealots hang out. And we know that that's where the weapons are. And they are going to take that cache of weapons. And they are going to throw the Romans out of here. But for you, it is the peacemakers who will have the peace. He said, you are the salt of the earth. And at that, he probably pointed down to Magdala over here. 
And you could see a long string of boats who had fished during the night or in the early morning, and they were bringing the fish to the fish market in Magdala, and they would get salted and preserved and packed down. He said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. And they all knew that on the left side over here, the east side of the Sea of Galilee, it juts out a little bit, and there's a hill, and there's a city called Hippos. And wherever you walk on the shore with your loved one in the evening, you can look across to the east side and see the lights of the town of Hippo. And then when he spoke about the fires of Gehenna, probably pointed down over here in Tiberias, where the hot springs were so hot they called them like the fiery springs of Gehenna. And then he started to talk about the tax collectors, and there sat Matthew, one of them, or he had been, and he said, look down there, you see the toll booth? You see the interstate highway over here? And you see that long line of camels and their wares? They're going to get taxed like something else. But that's not you. And when he spoke about how to pray, he prayed, said, look down over there. You see the synagogue? This is how I want you to pray. Well, when he pointed down here, dear Peter, a little, I don't know, Peter could often get distracted because... His mother-in-law's house was across the street from the synagogue, three doors down. He probably saw her taking her wash off the line. He wasn't listening to Jesus. And when he spoke about the lilies, there they stood in the lush green lilies. And when he spoke about the birds, he just listened, look up. And the Sea of Galilee was a landmark for the migrations of the birds. And the tour guide just kept on going with all the visual reference for three chapters. It was glorious. But I, what I remember more about that little lecture was not all this geographical stuff, but how he started out. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Those are the people in life who are going to get blessed. A little extra special. So when my father died... He did not, on his deathbed, call my three sisters and me to Washington and lay hands on us like Jacob did with his kids. You remember how Jacob did that with Judah? And he said, you know, son, I see leadership in you. Bless you. And what? David Solomon came from Judah. And then he had Dan come. And he said, you know, son, I see wisdom in you. There might be judges that come from you. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And he saw Asher, and he said, Asher, I know you love to have your fingers in the dirt. I hope your descendants get to have a fertile field someplace. And they did on the coast along by Carmel. Blessings do something to people. Jacob blessed Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, and it made a difference. When those two high school graduates still wet behind the ears came to Simeon with this baby and said, Oh, what do we do? Simeon blessed them and it helped Joseph and Mary raise that young Jesus. And then Jesus took little kids and he put them on his knee. One by one he put his hand on their heads and he blessed them. I'd like to think that when those kids got married and the rabbi did premarital counseling, the rabbi asked them, who blessed you when you were a child? And maybe the girl said, you know, I remember there was kind of a different kind of rabbi in those days. 
And he came and put his hands on us. And it, it wasn't like electricity, but something happened. And I have felt empowered to this day. Jewish fathers, to this day, you ride through a Jewish neighborhood, take your bicycle on a Friday night through a Jewish neighborhood, and you'll see the candles on the table before they go to synagogue. Grandpa and Grandma come over, and they have a meal. And Grandpa lays his hands on the boys, and he said, May you be blessed like Ephraim and Manasseh. It happens to this day. And Grandpa says to the little girls, May God show favor on you like he did to Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. When they have their bar and bar mitzvahs, they bless. When they have Jewish weddings, we do a toast. They do a blessing. In May, we attended a church in San Jose where the pastor said, You should have been here last night. Well, you couldn't have all been here, but they had all the uh, kids, you know, going from middle school to high school and from high school to college come. And they had a banquet for them and their parents. And the youth leaders, you know, put this all together, and the pastors. And after the meal, they got each one up, each one of those kids graduating. And one, either the parent or the youth leader, affirmed the traits or the characteristics of beauty and character that they saw in those kids. And then someone else said a prayer over them. I'd like to believe that when those kids went to school, I don't know, late August, early September, to high school for the first day, it's a scary deal. I'll bet they remembered that prayer that Saturday night at their church and when they had hands laid on them physically. Blessings do something. Each one of us has been blessed. Each one of us has the capability of blessing others. Blessings make a difference in terms of a person's self-confidence and the ability to go forward in life. So there's our Heavenly Father. Let's go back 1,450 years. We're just out of Egypt, okay? And uh, they didn't get the best training in Egypt. And so when they were on their own and they had to make decisions, they made some poor decisions. So God said, you know what, let's just let this whole generation die off in the desert. And so their, their skeletons laid in the desert. So uh, Joshua is leading this new group of these kids, these young people. And he says, I want you to take them up the east side over here. and We're going to enter the Holy Land about halfway up over here. And I'll do a Red Sea thing for you. I'll part the water, the Jordan, and you'll walk through. And when you walk through, I want you to put six tribes on one side. There's a Mount Gerizim over here in the south. And I want you to put six tribes on the north side. There's a Mount Ebal. And I want you to have the, uh, the Ark of Covenant and the Levites in the middle. These people are going to meet new gods. They're going to have new neighbors. They're going to have new girlfriends. They're going to have new boyfriends. And we don't want them to have the values of their parents and made the choices that their parents and their grandparents did. We've got to start over. These kids have got to find the path of blessing from God. So he says, you shout out from Mount Ebal, cursed be the man who dishonors his father and mother, and have all the people say, Amen! Cursed is the one who moves his neighbor's boundary line. And all the people still, still say, Amen. Curses the man who leads the blind astray on the road. And the people said, Amen. 
Cursed is the man who withholds justice from the aliens, from the immigrants, from the fatherless and the widow. And the people said, Amen. It's a whole long list in December, uh, in Deuteronomy 27. Now these people on Mount Ebal noticed that it was dry, that there was no grass, it was dusty. But across the valley over here, these, the other six tribes were standing on Mount Gerizim. And it's green, and it's grassy, and it's flowers, and it's beautiful. And so then they read from that side, Deuteronomy 28. If you fully obey the Lord your God and follow all his commands, you'll be blessed in the city, you'll be blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed, the crop of your lands, your calves, your lambs, your baskets. You'll be blessed when you come in and delivered when you go out. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, He's going to send rain on your land and bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations and will never need to borrow. Whoa. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail, whatever that means. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God, I will give you all this if you carefully follow them. These curses... And blessings and promises of Deuteronomy 27 and 28 are based on moral principles that God has built into the universe for believers and unbelievers. It's the same. And God said, I want my people to know this, and I want to show them the path of blessing. 1,400 years, we're back to Jesus. So, Jesus, as a young guy, moved from his parents' home in Nazareth and moved to the town of Capernaum. And that's where he, you know, probably spent his his late 20s. And um, he's got all these people around him now who are following him. He's done some healings. Uh, They want to hear him teach. He's got guys he played pickup basketball with in the park when he was a a young kid, you know. And when he was single, he goes to the grocery store. He met the ladies in the grocery store. They're there. Uh, All these people he spent his, you know, 20s with, they want to hear from him. And so he says, you know, I don't want them to make the same mistakes as their great-great-great-grandparents 1,400 and some years ago. We somehow have to help them find the path of blessing. It's got to be different. And he essentially said to them, it's not just about what Deuteronomy has a lot of external behaviors. It's a matter of the heart. And you've got the Romans around here and saying, your number one allegiance is to Rome. Uh Uh-uh. You are members of the kingdom of God. That's your first allegiance, your citizens there. And you've got kids who you grew up with who turned on us, Jewish kids. And they went for the Rome, went to work for the Roman government. You can see them down there at the toll booth. Matthew was one of them. Thank God he converted. And they go to your house and charge you property tax way more than you should. That's not the path of blessing. Even though we went on Saturday morning to synagogue school together, uh-uh, that's not the way. And some of you... Uh, know that some of our friends when we were young, they became Pharisees. And they think that's the way to go. That is not the way to go. Legalism is not the way to go. And some of you have made some big money off of the illegal immigrants, off of widows. You charge way too much rent in your apartments. And you've taken advantage of fatherless kids. 
Uh-uh. I want to show you a better way. You know who's blessed? Blessed are the poor in spirit. And Emmanuel, that was true then, and that's true today. When you and I feel powerless over our situation, and we turn up, we are closer to God than when we've got it all together. When we are at our wit's end, and we have turned to God, that's when we will experience a citizenship of something bigger and to be part of the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. How willing are you when you've experienced a loss in your life to share it with a trusted friend. Uh, maybe you've lost a good friend. And maybe you've gone through a divorce. Uh, maybe uh, you did some shoplifting and you got caught and that's with you for the rest of your life. You lost your... Um, maybe you drove irresponsibly and you're living with a disability today because of that accident and you know... Some of you, uh, you've sent the last kid off to tech school or college and the house is empty and quiet and now it's to two of you and you've got to face each other. Uh, you know, there's loss in our lives. If we're willing to share it with some others who come alongside us, that, that's how you get comforted. You know, holding it all together just pushes people away. It's a lonely life. You don't experience blessing. Blessed are the meek. For of all things, they're going to inherit the earth. It's not what you hear at the sales meeting on Monday morning. It's not like Sunday afternoon or Thursday or Monday night football. The winning isn't everything. Busyness is not the path of blessing. And hopefully you find out when you're younger rather than older what's enough. You know? Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Hmm. You probably sensed it and you know the Sermon on the Mount, you know? This whole thing of mourning this whole thing of accepting poverty of spirit and giving up on this American achieving thing, i got to be number one, meekness, purity of heart. we got to give up something. And probably for the people you mingle with tomorrow, it's a little embarrassing. But it's the way to the path of blessing. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The people who know they're not right with God and ask for forgiveness. The times of our life that we want to really do right, follow the Ten Commandments, the Sermon on the Mount, the Book of Galatians, to, to live that way. When we are concerned about 
injustice in our world, discrimination, exploitation, the strong taking advantage of the meek, the weak. The Spirit fills us with, how can I say, holy anger, but often there comes a, a compassion that you just don't often feel. And that filling only comes when there's a hunger for justice and rightness. Blessed are the merciful. They're the people that God's going to forgive. What goes around comes around. It's just the law of the universe like gravity. It's the way God does it. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. How many times did you see God this week? Two? Three? You want to see him more next week? You know, Jesus did this whole thing of, of, of uh, purity of heart dealt with uh, uh, cups and saucers, and you've got to go to the temple and dip in the mikvah and get, you know. Purity, it's, it's intentions, it's emotions, it's more than sexual purity. It's dealing with the stuff. What do you hope that your ne- neighbor never finds out about you? you get angry at a lot. The story is told that the great artist Leonardo da Vinci was painting you know, the Last Supper with Jesus and the disciples. He was working on Jesus' face. And one of his young aides dumped one of the pots of paint and Leonardo got mad at him and threw his brush down and cussed him out and the kid ran out. So Leonardo he picks up his brush and he starts to work on the face of Jesus. But eh, that ain't right. That doesn't feel right. And then he made the connection. My anger, that little boy. Went outside, found, found that kid and said, you know, as God, I'm asking God to forgive me. Will you forgive me for being angry at you? And my sin of anger is much greater than your problem, mistake of dumping the pot of paint. Come on, let's go in together. And they walked back into the studio, and Leo Denardi picked up his brush, and he started to work on Jesus' face, and his creativity returned. And you, if you've seen it, it's beautiful. Negative emotions have a way of blocking our ability to see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. They get to see God a lot. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Peter was a young kid at this time, and then he got old, got to be, I don't know, bishop or his preacher, and somebody helped him write this. He knew that purity was important. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, have sincere love for each other. This whole thing of purity of heart and love and peace, it it, it all works together. That's why Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Peacemakers. In the family of the denominations, the Christian Reformed Church is not known as as a family of God that has a lot of peace. We're known for our debates, our differences, our 
church splits. That's what we're known for, one of the things in the family of denominations. God says, I don't want you to be a peacekeeper. I want you to be a peacemaker. As you look back on your life and you see the wake behind your boat, are there a lot of broken relationships? Are you still acting out of a childhood hurt where you got hurt as a kid, somebody bullied you, and you're still acting out of that? Is it time to accept the peace of God and pass it on to others? Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for they shall be for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Can you stand up for truth without becoming defensive and angry? Can you lose money because you know this is right? How important is your integrity? How often do you realize I am part of the kingdom of God that will outlast every civilization? I'm really special. Blessed, 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 blessed. That's the way, the path to blessing. It's a covenant that God makes with you and me. You live this way, I bless you even more. So I've got to ask you, as you look at your character, what's one thing that you know you should probably change? That you need to till the ground a little bit and work the ground so that more fruit can grow out of your life. That's what these Beatitudes are about. And as it grows, you experience the shalom and the peace and the blessing. Do you need a blessing today? Are you in a time of transition in your life? You're going into high school, you're going into tech school, you're going into college, you're, um, you're losing your job, and you're going to have to get a new job, and it's going to be maybe embarrassing, or I don't know, maybe you've been to the doctor and got some bad news, or maybe you had a birthday and know your body isn't what it used to be, or um, I need a new car, or I need a better car, but my, my income is flat, and then the prices keep going up. How to find this path of blessing. It relates somewhat to your spiritual gifts. Some of you people have been here for a long time. You know each other. You, you know who the meek ones are, right? You, you, you know who the servant people are in this church, right? You see, there's many paths through the woods to find the way of blessing. You don't have them all, but you major in one or more. You, you know who the peacemakers are in this group, don't we? You, you know. You know who the reconcilers are. You know who the people are that when you experience loss, they'll come alongside of you and comfort you. There are many ways to find the path of blessing. It was a good day, the day that I learned that salvation is a medical term and that it includes a lot more than the forgiveness of sins. And Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, this whole shalom thing. God wants to give us more blessings, but we, we block it. We block it. And so we've got decisions to make. Jesus says, God the Father loves you. He wants to bless you even more.
There's one of these TV preachers. He says, you got to imagine that on God's refrigerator, your picture is right in the center of the front door. That's our God. Okay, so I'm going to close with this. Psalm 23. I challenge you, I invite you to make Psalm 23 your testimony of your life. When I can't sleep at night, I start to do, you know, run through Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Say, Vern, you're an old guy. The Lord is your shepherd, and for, if you live for another 10, 20 years like your dad, you're never going to want. And I say, wow, I'm, I'm one of his sheep. I'm one of his sheep, and I'm never going to want. Wow, this is good. David, when he wrote this, realized he was a little hyper, a little ADD, a little type A. And so he says, God makes me lie down in green pastures every once in a while. I'm a little type A. Roy and Pete and Connie will tell you that. And so literally, every once in a while, I get a strong message. Vern, it's time for you to go to the park, lay on your back in the green grass, and look up and be reminded of who you are and who I am. He makes me lie down in green pastures. It's all part of it. It doesn't hurt to walk alongside some still waters either. Because that's how he restores our soul. And then the Holy Spirit comes and leads us in the paths of righteousness because we're carrying his name, Christ, and we want to make his name look good. And in that process, you start to think, you know, I am mortal. I I am going to die someday. I am going to have to walk that dark path through the valley of the shadow of death. But I know, and I've been promised, he will be with me, and his rod and his staff will comfort me. I know that. It's good. It's good. And then I think about, when I get to heaven, there's going to be that meal. And all the people who gave me a hard time when I was in grade school and high school and college and the neighbors after that, they're all going to be standing by the back wall, and they're going to be watching me. And though I don't have hair, I'm going to get a head massage. The oil is just going to run down my, you know. And he's going to fill my coffee cup till it overflows into the saucer. It's good, it's good. I'm, I'm one blessed guy. And I invite you to make this your testimony also. And then the thing, for the rest of your life, goodness, mercy, good stuff's going to come your way. And when you mess up, there's going to be mercy. Hey, what more do we need in life? Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You're blessed. You're blessed. I'm blessed. And Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, I want you to know more blessings, and this is the path to work the dirt. Shall we pray? Father, we don't know why you chose us to be the blessed ones. All we got to do is say thank you, thank you, thank you. Please send us your Holy Spirit. Fill us with love and kindness and peace so we can bless others with the blessing you give to us. This morning all we want to do is say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us faith to believe all this. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen.